Youngstown, Ohio. What's cracking? Hey, yo. Making it big. Making it big. Dream of living wealthy and making it big. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready, it's a new day, and we are hanging out with my man Justin Adams, biggest biceps in the game. <laughs> Go ahead and flex that uh, bicep one time for on. us. Yeah, not yes. bad for 36. Trying. Big dog, let's go with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, happy father of three beautiful daughters, yes. uh, married to a beautiful woman, Tyler Adams, crushing. Oh, yeah. The insurance game, taking it by storm, been up and down, all around, moved multiple times to open up offices, to set yourself up, and on pace uh, this year to, to, to clear close to a million dollars in income. Yes. And next year, uh, we have mapped out 1.7 mil yes. in, uh, in, in 2020. So uh, not bad from the north side <laughs> of Youngstown, Ohio. Talk to us about... Um, you know what? What you think it takes? Jump right at it, Justin. What, yeah. what do you think that it takes in order to? You know, people are going to think this all happened overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're 10 years in the game, and uh, you know, exploding now, getting ready to explode next year to a whole nother level. Uh, what does it take? What has it taken to get thus far? What lessons have you learned, both yeah. good and bad? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about consistency mm -hmm. and, and the importance of patience. Yeah. Uh, what, just talk talk us through what it takes. You know what I feel first it takes. You know, you you, you got to have belief in yourself, belief in a higher power. Uh, but but you got to know what you want. You know, world class thinking. If you look at uh, Oprah Winfrey, a uh, Elon Musk. You know, these people think big. You know, and and you got to be able to think big enough um, in order to achieve some of these goals and dreams. You know, I always wanted to be that go-to player, I always wanted to have, you know, nice things, be able to do it, not just for me, but for other people uh, watching. And, and I found out that you, you have to be consistent in everything that you do, you know, consistent in your thoughts, always thinking positive. Negative things are going to come, but do you always think positive? Uh, Marcus Smith is a big person of writing down goals. You know, can you consistently write down those goals and do those actions? Because what I found out is that consistency compounds. The more things that you can be consistent at, you know, it'll start to compound just like your money, just like interest, just like anything. So uh, when, when you're consistent in your habits and what you're doing on a day to day basis, you know, good, big things and good things happen. Uh, you got to have a lot of patience. Why you know? do people not? Why, why have you seen in business people not be consistent? What stops people from being consistent? Um, setbacks stop people from being consistent. Uh, you know, they, they might have a death in the family. They might not get to where they want to at, at a certain period of time. A lot of people put deadlines on things, and, and a lot of times it'll come when you're doing the right thing. It'll come sometimes when you're least expected. You know, a lot of people in the Bible talks about the miracles happen, you know, and Jesus never talked about the miracle. So sometimes you might get that miracle and it's not what you wanted, but it's what you needed at that time. So you got to always have that perspective and know that good things will happen if you consistently start to do it. And then you got to have that that second thing that I always talk about patience. You know, everybody wants things so quickly. You got to have patience. And in 10 years, I've been through ups. I've been through downs, some more ups than downs. But in that down, you find that valley. You're like, man, do I want to keep going or do I want to stop? And a lot of people stop 
because they don't know that they're so close to getting where they need to be because they're not patient. They see someone else come in and they get it faster than them. You know, but God gave everybody different talents and sometimes they might get there faster. You shouldn't have got there faster because you would have ruined it. You know, so that How do you coach patience? Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Even, you know, kids. Because most, most big-time <laughs> players are so aggressive, they lack patience. Yes, yes. But in order to blow up, you need some big-time mm -hmm. players. So how do you handle big-time players and coach them to be patiently yes. impatient, like right. I like to say? Right. Patiently impatient. Uh huh. I, I try to give them scenarios. I try to give them examples of, of things that took time. You know, uh, because you might see people at this instance, but you didn't see them going through the grind, going through everything. A couple rappers, I think you saw Travis Scott. You know, I think you showed us back in the day, he only had like 20 people come to a show. Now he sells out the shows. So sometimes they might not get it from your experiences, but they see it from other people's experience. So using other examples. Yes, it's huge it. in coaching. Yes. Using other people that oh, they yeah. understand, mm -hmm. not just yourself. That they look up be it to athletes, rappers, right. you know, musicians, whoever. Mm -hmm. Finding these stories yes. in shows that showing them like, look, this person didn't get it overnight either. Right. They had to do the same process, uh -huh. probably put in more work right. to set up a concert for a hundred people oh. than they do setting up a concert for 100,000 people. Exactly. Because when you got 100,000 <laughs> in a concert, you got people setting stuff up for you. Right. When you got 100 people in concert, you're you carrying in yourself. your own shit. You're oh, carrying yeah. in your own bags. Everything. You know what I mean? All, all of that type mm -hmm. of stuff. That's a huge coaching point. What, yeah. what else do you do to coach patience? Um, we talk about it a lot. You know, I, I let people know that where you're currently at right now isn't the best version of you. You know, you got to make sure that you're in that growth mindset. You got to make sure that you're always writing down those goals and understand, you know, that, that, that it will take time. You know, the more you preach it, the better it's going to be. Um, and it's not just a one-time occurrence thing. It's, it's a long-time occurrence thing. You got to preach it, you know, because people forget things. Like a lot of times you forget what you did 30 days ago. Forget 60 days ago. Uh, so as much as you preach, you know what I mean, <coughs> taking that patience and more so working on yourself rather than anything else, you know, good things will happen. So uh, those are, you know, a couple of the different things in patience. And I try to just let them know how far they've, they've come, you know, right now, you know, because a lot of times they don't think about it because they look at other people. They say comparison is the worst thief. Thief of joy. You know what I mean? Like it takes it away. You know, think about the times that you've compared yourself to other people. Don't get me wrong. You got to compare. You have to see what they got and what you want to know what you want. You know, but when you are constantly just looking at that and just comparing and getting upset and mad, people get mad at other people's success when you shouldn't. You know what I mean? You should congratulate them and know that you can get there, too. You know what I mean? They're just paving the way, but people get upset and mad and that kills their patience. You know, what I mean, it kills it. But you got to always talk. That's about one it. thing that I, I, sticks out to me about you, Justin, is no matter what. Uh, when you were having the most amount of success or others were having more success than you, never were you a hater. Always happy for other people's success, always congratulating, oh, yeah. never having a negative attitude if somebody else is winning or, you no. know, or something. How have you it's, done that? It's so much abundance out here. You know? and, and when you realize there's so much abundance, like it, it, the person who created Uber, there was no Uber before. You know what I mean? They were able to get into the, get into the limelight. So there's so much abundance. There's so much that can go around. How can you help out? Because the more so that you help out, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid or not, you will end up getting paid if you help out and do these little things. So I always knew that if I did the work, 
if I helped out, if I was a team player, I knew good things were going to happen because you don't win championships by individual efforts. You know, I remember when LeBron James and all those guys went over, you know, to Miami. They didn't win the championship the first year, I don't think. You know what I mean? They had to get the team camaraderie together and better in order for them to win a championship than they did it because you, you cannot do it by yourself. And I know that there was always a team and collective group, and sometimes your role might be this, sometimes your role might be that. Um, you might not be the superstar right now, but if you work hard and do the things that the superstar is doing, but also the things the superstar isn't doing, doing, you know what I mean, you'll get a leg up on that person. Uh, so I always knew that, you know, it, it would be good helping out, didn't coach, matter what role. How would you coach patience in a coach? Versus, um, okay, so I'm coaching you to have patience yeah. as an agent or just getting started uh, or whatever it is, but how how do you coach patience as a coach with your people? Yeah. Because at times you have to have patience mm -hmm. with them for where they're at yes. under, as they grow through the process because there's things that they're going to do. Things I, you know, things that you've probably done, things that I've done mm -hmm. in the beginning. That if we were not patient with right. that person, Oof. they never would have gotten to that next level. And I watch leaders lose patience with mm -hmm. their people. Uh, how would you coach somebody on on patience? Yeah, uh, the first thing I'll say is experience helps out with patience. You know, the more experience you have, the better you're going to be. Uh, but how I would coach them is, you want to look at that person where they're at. If you're not a coach that you know where your teammates are at you know, uh, as far as like growth level and potential and uh, things like that, then you're never going to be able to coach them good. I'm going to coach a player that's brand new, different than a coach, different than a player that's been there for a long time now. But there are some non-negotiables. There are some non-negotiables that I have no patience on at all being a coach. Uh, so if – What if, are they? Uh, it might be them, you know, if they're uh, late for like an assignment. When they're, when they're brand new, I, I'll, I'll be a little bit more, you know, lenient on them. But if they are, you know, been here for a year, two years, and they're making some of the same mistakes, like uh, being late for team meetings, uh, not being able to report their numbers on time, uh, not being able, not not being in the place they're supposed to be at when they're there, uh, you know, those are some of the non-negotiables that I know you have to have that I'm not going to be as patient on, you know, even if you've been here for six months or, le or at least a year. Uh, but I try to look at the person and see, are you 20 years old or are you 40 years old? You know, a 40-year-old should probably should have a little bit more patience, a little bit more sense than a 19 or 20-year-old. So I think I've started to look at everybody the same, but everybody different. Um, and know that, you know, some things I can get really down on you about, and, and I got to know who can take it and who can't take it. And that's just building a relationship with people, too. The more you have a relationship with them, you're going to know what some of their buttons are and know how to, you know, get them excited and maybe how to also, you know, get their get their emotions down too and and let them understand that some things just take time. You know, I mean, I understand you're fighting with your, you know, uh, girlfriend about this, but what are some things that you could have maybe did a little bit better? You know, I, when patience, I'm always trying to use me as the bad guy and them as the good guy. You know what I mean? Like, like did I do something in my end that caused this to happen? You know what I mean? Like if I if taking I, ownership. Yeah, taking ownership. If I blow up at them, what good is that gonna get me? Sometimes it might get me the result I need. So I'll do it. But I'll try to run everything through my mind first and not just react. I think Eric Thomas had a book, you know, uh and, and it said in the book, you know, imagine if you were on a plane, you know what I mean, and in this plane you would you would jump off the plane, you're this far, you know, up in the air. Would you jump off the plane or not? And 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 then the next thing in the story said, but imagine if the plane didn't ever leave. Now would you jump off? The answer would be yes. 
So a lot of times when you're in those big emotions, you have to stop, you know what I mean, and ask yourself, okay, are you in an emotional setting right now? Because you should never make any decisions when your emotions are high. Because, of course, sometimes you'll make the bad decision. But when your emotions are low, think it out. Ask people, you know what I mean? That That's one thing that, you know, I've done a little bit better, you know, being a coach, being patient, is if there's a situation that I'm like, should I do this or do that? Mm -hmm. I'm asking now a question, not trying to take it all on myself. And I think by me doing that, I'm not even teaching this. My people are doing it also. You know, they're not trying to make trying to try not to make any mistakes. They're trying to make me make all these mistakes, and I'm okay with that. But coming on in the business, I thought, man, you know what? I'm kind of smart. I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Let me try to make you know uh, uh, that decision. And sometimes I made the wrong decision because I didn't try to ask people about what I should do. Yeah, uh, question for you. Are you still black? I am. Okay. Were you you black 10 years ago? Yes. Okay. So so here's here's what I want you to walk us through. As a a black male, okay, a lot of people will will talk about the obstacles, the hardships, the excuses, you know, whatever. Um, How are you able to perform? And you're in one of the highest positions in the company. Um. And, and doing it at a high level, even, you know, as a, as a, as a black man, uh, what, what have you been able to do? Uh, how would you coach others to be able to do that? And, uh, you know, I, I am sensitive to the, to, to the <laughs> fact that it, it is a little bit different. Yeah. We'd be full of baloney mm-hmm. if we said that it wasn't a little bit different, that it yeah. wasn't maybe a tad bit oh, it is. harder it or is. a little bit different oh, yeah. than, than, than not. So we're going to keep it all the way real. 100. But you've done it mm-hmm. at a high level, mm-hmm. no excuses, no problem, and, uh, and and you're leading a diverse group of people. Right? Um, h- how? What advice would you give to somebody that that looks like you? Um, who looks like me? I would say the first thing is try not to even look at people different. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, we are different, uh, but I try to be adaptable in any situation that that I'm in. Uh, I try to always adapt to it. So whatever people are doing, I'm trying to mimic that. Like when I was a stockbroker, I I do not like riding bikes at all. I remember that. Bike. Uh, and and you came down and guess I what? I bought I, I bought a Lance Armstrong bike. I don't even know what they're called. Uh, a Lance Armstrong bike. And guess what I did? I rode bikes with them. I had never rode a bike in my life. We're going on. Uh, I remember the MS150 where we would go from Dayton all the way to Columbus, Ohio on a bike. I don't like cardio. I don't like bikes. I mean, I'm talking about the ones where you wear the special shoes and you input the shoe into the bike. So normally, African-Americans would be like, there's no way. I'm not riding a bike. You're kissing ass. You're doing all these things. I'm not going to do it. I didn't take that mentality. I needed to adapt myself into the situation. Uh, I went from Morgan Stanley, then the Fifth Third Asset Management. The first thing I did, I tried to get in good with with everybody. Uh, I know my talents are good. So all you have to do is accept me, you know what I mean, and understand who, and I'll I, make who I am, and I'll make plays. Yeah. So the first day I was there, they wanted they wanted relations. They wanted to go canoeing. I had never been on a canoe before. I said, no problem. Let's go on the canoe. You know, I went on the canoe. First thing I did was I tipped it over. You know. But, oh, but, they let but, you on but, the canoe. They and let you me on the canoe. Over. I'm jumping off rocks. Like, we and you knew know we me. Let him on no canoe. I would they, never jump off a rock right now. You know what I mean? I I, I don't want to be in the, but I knew I had to adapt to my surroundings in order to be successful. 
So Huge. I, I think a lot Huge. of African Americans all the way around. They blame the environment, saying that I can't do this, but I'm going to welcome myself into the environment, figure out what you're doing that I'm not doing, and then I have to work harder than you. I know in my head I'm probably going to have to do double the work. I'm probably going to have to show up before you. I'm probably going to have to ask more questions, and I'm okay with that because if it takes me double the amount of work, double the amount of time, I'm still going to get the same result as you. So I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it, put my head down, and, and, and just get the job done. But I knew it, it was those two you know, areas that I was trying to adapt, relationships, and then you're going to tell me everything I need to know, and I'm going to put the work in and get you, get you some results. Love it, Justin. Love it. That's huge. Yeah. And, and that's one of the strengths of your the leadership chameleon. is you're a chameleon. He can connect anywhere. We can go to the Vicks back home. We could go to the Kimmel Brooks yeah. back home, and Jay can – He's fine, can Can't chop it up. We go to Inspire Minds, you yeah. fine, and then we could go, you know, bike riding and uh -huh. canoeing, which yeah, you don't want to see do me it all. No fishing, canoeing. you know what I mean? I, I haven't been fit, but I'll go fishing. Whatever, whatever, whatever it we takes. Need. You know, Greg came in. I'm not a boxer. I'm not a fighter or anything like that, but I know he likes it. Well, guess what? I've started watching UFC. I started watching boxing. I, have no, I don't know what the hell this stuff is, but I knew I needed to connect with Greg Rudolph. So I needed to, you know, find out a couple of them things. My wife's like, why are you watching UFC? I'm like, Greg like it. You know what I mean? I got to figure out what's going on. Come on. I love it. Uh, how about work ethic? You know, you mentioned I'm going to outwork you. You know, mm -hmm. that was the other thing. You said yes. we got to connect. You know, all I need is a, the information that I'm going to outwork, mm -hmm. you know, that person. Talk to us about, you know, how important you think work ethic is. What do you think it takes from a work ethic standpoint to be great? Work ethic is 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 my number one thing. That's that you you can't control a lot of things. You can't control the color you know, of your skin. You can't control where you were born. You can't control if you're in poverty or wealthy, but you can control how hard you work. And you can be the hardest working person in the room at all times. You know what I mean? If you know what you want. So your, your work ethic is always, I think, tied to your dreams and your purpose. So I try to look at people's dreams and what they want. I try to look at their purpose. My dreams, what I want is, is are huge. So I'm going to get to work. But if you don't have first that faith and belief comes from faith, you know what I mean? Faith is something that you, you, you don't see, but your belief will determine your habits. So if your work ethic is not there, it Come means on, you're Jay, probably not working. Come on, Jay, spit that wisdom for us. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if your work ethic ain't there, it probably means that you're not working towards a goal or a purpose. You got to redefine yourself. And I think that's what we did in this business when I was down. I was always thinking, okay, what do I want? What does that look like? Can I Do I see someone else doing it? And then I'm like, you know what I do? I know I got to get to work. I know I can get back to where to, to where we need to be. And now what, what's different is I'm looking like years ahead. I'm like, now, guess what? When we start, you know, getting some traction, we start, you know, maybe beating a couple of people that we normally didn't beat before. We're going to have some different levels now. We're going to have now what are we going to chase? You know, once we start being number one, what are we going to chase now when you're at that level? So I'm thinking already ahead when that happens. OK, now what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Now how am I going to keep everybody motivated? Now how am I going to do this? And I'm starting to ask people these questions. I'm starting to look at it now. I'm starting to read more books about that stuff because I know it's going to be now a different like talk to the people. I know it's going to be a different reasons of why we're getting you know up every single day. Why we're you know making this many phone calls. Why we want this many codes. And I got to switch the focus of the team or we'll get to that level and we'll fall back down. Because it's a different it's a different level there. But your work ethic got to be tied to what you want and what you dream of. 
and, and what does a work ethic be, look like? What does a good work ethic look like? Oh man, it, it, I mean, it, it's 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 it depends on what you're what you're what you're working at. It could be overalls. It can be you know you you dress sharp. Uh, but but to me, you know, a work ethic looks like you're 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 working your butt off. I don't care if that's eighty hours a day, hundred hours a day, whatever it takes. Elon Musk said you got to work for what work as much time that it takes you to master that craft. You know, so for me, you know, it looks like I wake up early in the morning. Uh, thank God, you know that 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 I woke up. I look at my kids, um, and I know that growth is 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 possible. Because when I see my daughter being one years old now, now she's walking, I'm like, man, that's a lot of growth. You know, I see my, my daughter now that's six. I'm having conversations with her that now she's starting to remember things, understand things. I'm like, that's a lot of growth from zero to six. Uh, so I look at that growth before I do anything. Then I start then I start working out. I got I got to get my body, you know, in line. I'm, I, while I'm working out, I'm usually listening to some scripture, uh, you know, just to make sure that I'm getting my mind right, getting those thoughts right. If you don't get your thoughts right in the morning, uh, your your day's gonna be gone. Right. Most people forget to get their thoughts right, forget to get themselves positive, and the day happens, and the first thing knocks them off. Boom. Uh, you know, then I'm trying to, you know, uh, coming up in the business. Uh, I wanted to beat everybody to the office, beat everybody to doing whatever they were doing. Uh, if that meant that I couldn't work out, that's okay. I want I want you to see that I'm the first person here. And then whenever I get here, that's I'm going to be a working. Sign. That, that, it seems like that's one of the things that sticks out to me about yeah. some of the people that have blown up in this business. You know, not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. they, they, the one thing that sticks out is that at some point in the big, they, they were the, the ones that just like you couldn't stop looking at them because they were just here. Yeah, just here. All the time. And then you got to be competitive, too, and with it, too. I was, I was talking to my aunt over the weekend and uh, at my goddaughter's birthday party. And uh, she said, I wake up at 4.30 every morning. I said, do you really work up at 4.30 every morning? Because I felt bad working up at 5.30. She said she wake up at 4.30. She's like 65 years old. So I said, do you really work up at 4.30? And I'm name? competitive. Uh, Tammy Smith. Uh, I'm competitive. And I said, I'm about to start waking up at 4.30 and text you to see if you're really up and see if you're not lying to me. You know what I mean? She's like, no, I'm up at 4.30. I'm like, okay. I said, because now I'm losing. You know, that competitive nature. Because if, if you don't... We only got this this small chance, you know, of being on earth. We can be gone tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're not making the most of this, people wait until the right opportunity. You're in the right opportunity. You just got to make the best of that opportunity. Uh, so so whatever. How do you how do you find times to build, you know, relationships with people Oof. when you're married with three kids? You know, how do you how do you find a way to build relationships and, and, and stuff like that? Schedule and planning, you know, uh, Planning is everything, everything. And, and most people don't plan because they don't want to be held accountable to their plan. Uh, for me, I look at if it takes me an hour or two hours to make this whole plan together, I'm going to stick to it because I just took an hour away from my family. I took an hour away from someone else. So it's really all planning. At the beginning of the month, you know, we have this big calendar, me and my wife, because now it's getting to be kind of crazy. You know, when you come to my house, we got this big, huge calendar. I got this from my father-in-law, Chris Stewart. Uh, they had, like, some some chalk on their, um, you know, uh, 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 whiteboard at, at their house, and they had all their stuff that's going on. I'm like, man, you know what? We need to do the same thing. So at the beginning of the month, we're thinking, okay, who do we want to hang out with? Who do we who do we want to build a relationship with? Who do I need to, you know, take out to dinner? What all do I need to do for the whole month? You know, and then we try to make sure we we put all that stuff in there. And then when the time comes, we don't budge on it. 
it's already in it's already in the calendar. You know, right. we start off with Sundays at church. Uh, we know if we can't do a Sunday, we're going to try to do Saturday night. Uh, but our church is so awesome now is that if we miss one, you can go back and watch it. And I've done that a couple of times. But I know the days I'm going to be in town, the days I'm not going to be in town. Um, and I know that relationship building is very, very, very key and important. So I try to always make sure that I'm putting something into that schedule that I can do that for my people, but also for my family, too. You know, people make excuses about, you know, having a family and, and working and working. Mm -hmm. I can't work hard. I can't do this because I have a family. Uh, it seems like to me you're doing it all. Yeah. You know, you're a great husband. You're a great father. I see you doing it all. How what would be your advice to somebody on both how to do it? And what would you say to people that say it can't be done? You know, I don't want to work hard. I don't want to pursue greatness because, you know, I want to have a nice family. Yeah. Does it mean that you don't want to have a good family? No, no. I mean, I look at the negatives first, you know, with, with that. So how to do it is I look at what would be the worst. If I don't do it, what is the result? And and this is not a knock to anybody who is, has gotten a divorce or anybody, you know, not having a good relationship with their spouses. This isn't a knock to you. But I look at the people that have had a divorce and are not with their kids. And I look at how that situation is. And that situation usually isn't good. And I think to myself, do I want to be in that situation? And I say always no. And when I say no, I don't want to be in that situation. Now I know I have to work hard in order to keep my relationship tight. Because if you're not working at something, it's not going to be good. You know, you said you got to fall in love with your spouse all the time. I think that's key. I think that's huge. So when, when having a spouse, the first thing I'm looking at is what's the negatives. And then... I want to be able to be that example for somebody that can do it. So how you do this is you, you, you need to speak with your spouse. You need to let them know what you're doing at work, what's going good, what's going bad. A lot of people don't even tell them. They have no idea. Like, how can they support you if they don't even know what you do? There's no way. You know what I mean? They got to be able to support you in the good times, the bad times. So how you do it is open yourself up, let them know what's going on in your life, uh, and then making sure that date nights happen. I don't care if you've been married for 25, 30 years, date nights have to happen. You know, uh, if it happens every week, do it every week, every other week, but at least once a month, uh, that date night has to happen. Um, I try to, when I'm with my, with, with my kids, uh, I try to, you know, not be on the phone as much. I try to give them undivided attention because I want to be, you know, that, 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 that best dad. I want to be the best one. Why not? You know what I mean? You can do anything that you set your mind to if you, if Is you, it if possible you, to work? Yeah. As hard as you need to work mm -hmm. and still have a family? Yes, 100%. You can work 100%. 70 hours a week? You can work 100 hours a week. And still be if good you, with the family? Oh, yeah. If you plan in that time, because there's 168 hours in a day, right? In a week. I mean, in a week. I'm sorry. Uh, the, what When you sleep, when you're eating and stuff like that, you have the time. You're just doing other stuff in that time. You know, if you pinpoint how long you have to work, if you pinpoint what you're going to listen to on your way to work, you pinpoint, you know, uh, maybe you meal prep for yourself, you know, when you're going to eat like like all this stuff down to a T. I know when we're, what we're going to eat tonight. I know what we're going to eat tomorrow. I know where we're going to be at. So it's all about planning. And I plan with my wife. You know, what I mean, she always asks me what we got going on here. What we got going on there. I let her know everything that's going on so she could put in her calendar. You know, and then we look at it on Sunday, everything that we have to do. And if I feel like we need a date night this week, it's already in there. You know, we try to read pod. We try to listen to podcasts. Uh, Greg Graham, shout out to me. Uh, you know, what are some good podcasts? Jordan Lacey, you know, did, did that because 
I also want her mind, you know, going too, and want her to be in a good relationship with us also. Um, and then with your kids, how you do it is is the time that you spent got to be quality time. So if you're working 70, 80 hours, you still got 80 hours left. You know what I mean? If you're working that many hours, 80 hours, you still got 80 hours left. So in that 80 hours, you still got to, what, sleep? You still got to, you know, do, do, but you still have time, I guarantee you, to take your kids, you know, somewhere. That might be you got you to gotta communicate something with your boss saying, hey, can I come in at 10 instead of 9 because I want to eat breakfast with my, with my kids. You can do that. Maybe taking them to school every morning. You know, maybe uh, if you like working out five days a week, but guess what? What's more important? You, you got to have a relationship with your kids and family. I might have to do four until I get this thing up and running. You know, but you got to always plan in advance everything that you're going to do. That's how you do it. That's spouse, how you do it. Your spouse supporting your grind and your vision and your mission. Yeah, I think a spouse is very important. You know, I, I listened to something and it said that people that are married live like 10 years longer than other people. You know why that is? They said because you always have your spouse or significant other telling you, don't do this, don't do that, the light's red, the light's green, no, stop. And I see my wife doing that all the time. Nope, you can't eat that, sorry. You can't do this, you can't do that, you know what I mean? And I think that's why they live longer. You know, so I think it's very important first to have somebody, have somebody on your side because that's another cheerleader. But not all spouses are supportive. Right. So how important do you think it's important for them to have a, a positive spouse to support their grind? Or do you think it's cool for them to have a negative spouse hounding them, bitching at them? Everybody knows that answer, you know, for supporter, working, supportive okay, spouse, so you know, talk us through and, that. And, and how you get that is your communication. If you're coming home and you're just MFing your job, MFing this, MFing that, they're going to be on your back. They're going to be on your back, you know, so. If you're that way, you need to just leave that career. Just get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? Because you're not happy and because stress kills you. You know, like 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 the reason why I think people die whenever they have cancer, whenever they have a heart attack or something like that, it's because they they stress out now so much and they worry. In the Bible they say worrying is a sin. You know, and don't get me wrong, I worry too, you know, but I try not to worry. So when your spouse is on your on your back, you know, all these things, you're worrying a shit ton. You know what I mean? That's causing you to lose, like, years in your life. And me being 36 now to 26, I would never say that at 26. I'd be like, whatever. You know, but you need them on your side um, 100% because if they're not, they're going to be on your back and telling you not to do it. And, and that just, I think, causes bad vibes, bad juju, you know, to yourself. So the way you get them to support you is bring them around. You know, if, if if you have events and stuff like that, you don't even bring them around and they don't even know. Like yeah, they're like, wondering why. They're, they're wondering why. Yeah. They don't want to help you. They don't want to support you. Mm -hmm. You know, even even with the downs, the the negative stuff that used to happen, I still brought people around. I still, you know, wanted my wife, wanted my kids around, even though we weren't winning. They didn't see me start winning awards till this year. You know, but my kids weren't saying, Daddy, why aren't you winning? Why aren't you doing this? They were just still, they were just happy to be there, to be, to be there, yeah. to be around me. So I would say, try to connect them to your purpose. Connect them to why you're doing it. Paint the vision for them, just like if you're in leadership, that you would do for your people. And yep. let them know it might not be like this forever, but it will be good. And I'm working not just for me, but for us and for you. So, you know, we mentioned 2020 division. You know, Justin, you're going to make, you know, over a million and a half dollars yes um your renewals currently right now are a couple hundred thousand dollars a year yes, so residual income before you wake up out of bed <sighs> you already start off the year 
you make a couple hundred thousand dollars and it goes up every year. It's going to yeah. keep going up, up and up and up because of things that you've done over the last 10 years. Crazy. Praise the Lord for yes. residual income. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord for residual <laughs> income. For sure. But had no idea about it. Talk, talk, talk to us about the, the young version of yourself, but a different person. You know, the, the, a young man out there starting out or a young woman out there starting out early 20s um, in business, especially in an entrepreneurial type business, mm -hmm. maybe not specifically our business, but maybe related to that. Uh, what advice would you give to that person uh, on how to get to where you are quicker, what mm -hmm. to do, what not to do? You know, if, if you're in your early 20s starting in this type of deal you know, how do you elevate and how do you cut the process, you know, in half? Yeah. So how you elevate is you, you, you take, you take risk. Um, you, you take a ton of risk. Um, you ask a ton of questions um, as well. And then you implement on those questions. I wasn't afraid to make a mistake early on in my career. Um, I wasn't afraid to, you know, move and lose everything. Uh, I knew that I had how a many period. times did you move in your first two uh, years? My first two months, I moved uh, twice. You know, to state college in the Erie. Uh, in then your first couple months, first two months. Uh, then from there, I moved to West Virginia, stayed in a hotel for you know six months. Uh, that was another move. Uh, and then I moved, I think, one more time um, whenever whenever we opened up Maryland. So uh, almost like five or six times within the first you know three years of my career, uh, and I wasn't afraid. You know, I, I, I said, if you're going to open up the office, I'm going. Uh, so no risk, you know, because I wanted everything and I would just figure it out. You know, I knew I was down to work hard. I would just try to just figure it out. I knew I can go to sleep later than you and I know I could wake up earlier than you. Uh, so so I took all the risks that I could um, and, and, and I believed in myself, you know, and also and of course the company. Uh, so I think, you know, starting out, you got to not be afraid because I knew that I had just a period of time. Uh, you know, that that I wasn't going to have any children. I wasn't going to have, you know, a wife. You know, those things change. I got an awesome, supportive wife. Shout out to Tyler. She doesn't care if I go now for a month, you know, to Nashville or whatever it is. But uh, most spouses aren't like that. You know what I mean? At all. Mm -hmm. So I, I was 25 at the time and I knew oh, I, could, I, just, I knew I had like right, a going. five year time frame to grind. You know what I mean? Five years to grind. Uh, Jay, it, I went through the same quick. mindset, man. People, I was 22 years old mm -hmm. coming into this thing, and all I used to hear people tell me, older people, younger people, man, why are you working like this, man? You got the rest of your life to work. Why right. don't you enjoy yourself right now? And all I was thinking, man, salary. is I feel, I feel like I'm in the best position of my life to grind now, mm -hmm. so I don't have to grind like that or make those type of sacrifices down the road. Right. It would be difficult to move five times mm -hmm. in the next three years, marry right. with, with, with three kids. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If anybody could pull it off, it would be the Adams family. <laughs> but it's very rare. Oh, yeah. For somebody to be able to do something like that, mm -hmm. marry with, with, with kids. And so what I would tell the young folks out there listening, like, you have no idea how the clock is ticking for you right. to be able to, to utilize the flexibility that you have, the ability to take risks that you have currently right now and put your nose to the grind now more than ever before and set yourself up for the rest of your life, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and take it serious. Uh, a lot of these young kids don't want to grow up. Party, you know. what I mean, they want to party. They want to. They they see the rappers and they see the you know the professional athletes and and these things and they just want to party, party, party. And I get it. You know, I want to party myself. 
Um, and that was some of the, you know, downfalls that I made um, early on in my career. I, I did party too much. I did spend too much money because it was coming in. Um, and then I thought because it was coming in so much that I just knew everything. Um, I stopped asking a lot of questions. I stopped, you know, looking up to the people that I used to look up to and ask a lot of questions. So I stopped taking their advice. Um, and, and that was one of the mistakes that I made, uh, you know, not now asking, you know, five people before I made, you know, a decision, you know, uh, you know, doing things in, in, in the dark that, you know, came to light uh, that, that that just were not good, you know, situations, you know, staying up all night, you know, drinking and 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 doing just stuff that wasn't conducive to, you know, winning. And then how many I, years do you think that that set you back, even though you're further along than most people in the world? Yeah. Right now. How many years do you think it set you back bullshitting mm -hmm. with the partying and, you know yeah. what I mean, and stuff like that? I think almost like four to five years, you know, it set, it set me back. Um, I tell people this all the time, man. Yeah. I'm like, man, I, I don't think people understand that when you start making these these decisions mm -hmm. that it's like, you know, you may not go to jail like other right. people <laughs> go to prison, uh -huh. but you go to jail. Yeah. Like. Like you could do some things, me and you could do some things right now mm -hmm. and it not get caught for another year and right. we go to jail for three years and you could be thinking, why am I in jail? I already learned from that. That was a mistake I did a year ago mm -hmm. and I'm still in jail three years later. Like I, I right. learned the lesson. Oh, it yeah. don't matter. Yeah. So sometimes in life you make mistakes. It costs you the next three years of your life, even though you already learned the lesson, mm -hmm. you still digging out of a hole for three years because of a decision that you made oh, for yeah. six months period of your life or you start start talking about kids mm -hmm. it could be a decision that you made for a weekend right that now you still paying the price for this uh -huh. 10 years later oh yeah so understand that you know these people telling you out here to just oh you can have fun and all this stuff man i'm telling you we live a phenomenal life right now oh yes F i mean fun Unbelievable. we have fun yeah we get to hang out. Mm -hmm. We keep it in perspective. Yeah, you know what I mean? We people. ain't at the clubs all night with single women and stuff, mm -hmm. but we have a blast. Blast. We party. Blast. We travel. We smoke cigars. Mm -hmm. We have wine. Nice we go to cars. the nicest restaurants. Yeah. We got nice cars. We have fun. Oh, yeah. And I think the people that want the fun all up front when yeah. they're young, they don't have as much fun as we have right no, now. Not at all. But, but, the, but the people that are willing to sacrifice some of the bull in the mm -hmm. in the beginning the clubs the saturday night so then you can't work or friday night right. so then you can't work saturday if you make these sacrifices when you're young yeah. and you really can't even afford it anyway nah. the, the the thing when i was working young i would tell myself <laughs> you know what this is keeping me disciplined from say, uh, spending money oh, because yeah. the only time I, I i spend money is if i'm not working if i just keep working i'm gonna keep <laughs> stacking dough yes and so what happened is now because of all those years of early sacrifice mm -hmm. i get to still live I live like I'm 20 right now. Right. But not clubs, <laughs> not partying, yeah. no single, no women. I mean, I live like no. I'm 20 and married with a family. No. We kick it. But we have fun. With friends, yes. with family, we travel. But that's all because of the early. Amen. It all, Amen. It's, it's all Amen. because of the early grind. Yes. And I remember people, my dad, you know, why are you doing this? Why? No, don't spend this. Don't. I didn't want to listen to him. You know, and, and us as young adults, a lot of times we don't. I remember you telling me stuff. I'm like, no. This will happen. And you had the wisdom, but I just didn't want to listen, you know, at the time. And it and it set me back five years. So if I had to go back, you know, and do it all over again, yeah, I would have listened. Two I things been able to, do that. to close out. Sports mm -hmm. 
and comparisons of this business. Start out with comparisons of this business. Mm -hmm. How how different do you think things could have been if you were in a different business, you know, model versus our, you know, the business model that we share, you know, together? Mm -hmm. Uh what what do you think are some of the things that you enjoy uh, about being in this type of an environment, this type of a business, maybe that in a corporate world wouldn't be possible. Right. Um, I love how much of a, a team atmosphere it is, uh, how you get to still coach, you know what I mean, your players, you get to, you know, or your teammates, you know, I, I love that everybody's working for the same, you know, common, common goal. goal. Um, I love the fact of in this environment where we're able to bring up young people um, and make them men, make them women, um, and, and, and get One them favorite get parts. them better. You know, um, in corporate America, they're probably not working on people's mind, body, and spirit. In corporate America, they're probably not making you a better dad, making you a better brother, making you a better you know sister. So I love that that aspect of it, um, and I love the aspect that we can teach people discipline, just like in sports. You know, we whenever we checked in, you know, to uh, college. I think Brody said this at executive council. You know, they had a a plan of everything that we were going to do. Everything from, you know, uh, study sessions yeah, to for the month. whenever we went to class, you know, we, we had everything planned out and mapped out. And in this career, we have everything planned out and mapped out also. And I think the last thing that I love is that it's merit-based. Uh, I was always afraid of merit-based. I don't know why. What do you mean merit-based? Uh, I meaning, understand it, meaning, but I want them meaning, to Merit-based meaning that, you know, you, you don't have to wait for somebody, you know, to, to, to play into the game. You don't have to wait till they get fired, till they retire. If you're better than them, you get to play, you know, and, and that's how I was when I first started. If I was better than somebody, I got promoted. I started working with people because I was better than them. Because I And it might not even be me being better than them. It might just be that I was more disciplined. Outworking them. You know what I mean? Outworking them. You know, while they were sleeping, I was up. So it might not even be better. I just used the talents that I had better. And in sports, it was the same thing. So yeah. that was a big comparison because – I didn't want to sit the bench when I was a freshman at Mercier's. Yep. I wanted to play. Yep. We just went from winning a state championship. I want like to be on the field. I, I don't want to be on the sideline. So uh, when I went in corporate America, I understood that it wasn't that, uh, and, and it wasn't in comparison. Now, my numbers were double and triple, but what happened was whenever I was went to go get promoted, they went away from having stock options. You know, because time were to tell that whenever you got promoted, you got a stock option. But whenever I went to go get promoted three years later – I didn't get them. Why was that? Because I had to wait. If it three was merit based, later. three years. Imagine us telling somebody you got to wait three years. Oh, my, they wouldn't be here. You know that. But 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 you also see corporations not growing as fast as some of the merit based you know programs. Like we grow every single year. You know, I I don't think there's been a year that I've been here, maybe one, that even the corporate like like American income as a whole hasn't grown. Mm -hmm. You know, they always want double digit growth, so they're trying yeah. to grow. Yeah. But 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 that comparison of merit-based you know helping people out you know um uh, not just financially but also in their mind uh because your thoughts control everything you know i think that that's been able you know to to relate talk you to know, me more talk so. to me about uh you know we'll, we'll close out on this because you know we recruit heavy mm -hmm. athletes yes we, we, we like to see athletes they do uh, great. justin adams is a, a multiple two-time uh state champ uh won a state championship not only in baseball yeah where he was a star but also in football, where he was a, a star, Dude, yeah. and we and we won a state mm -hmm. championship, and and uh, we're captains, yeah. you know, together. 
uh, moved on to play college football together, together. <laughs> uh, where you started as a freshman and we, again, would be captains, mm-hmm. even together. where you would wear the number one, I would oh, wear yeah. the number two. Yes. Hit him with that one-two one punch. Two punch. <laughs> and, and, and so why don't, why don't you talk to, talk to us about how important you think it is to hire uh, athletes and why do you think the athletes transition well into this type of a business model? Yeah, um, two things. First thing is the athlete, you know, understands most of the time work ethic. Uh, they, they, they've worked for their position, you know, rather it be a track star, rather it be a baseball player, a basketball player. They worked – for their position. So we know most of the time they have the work ethic, but also they there's somebody who likes to be coached too. Uh, because when you're in sports, it's not just you. You like to be coached by, by, by somebody. They can uh, handle it. They can handle that coaching, good or bad. So we like, you know, uh, we like that aspect of it. Uh, the second aspect I like of it is they're able to juggle a lot of different things. You know, it's not easy to go to school and be an athlete. Truth. It's not. Truth. Uh, that's why a lot of people, whenever they're their freshman year. They start and then they don't. They don't start. Yeah. They don't finish yeah, because they, don't finish. They, they, they can't juggle being away from, you know, home. Uh, being away from mommy and daddy, you know, uh, someone telling them everything that they need to do. They're not used to that. Uh, you know, so I like the fact that if they played four years of sports, they can they can handle, you know what I mean, the the, the juggling of different things. Um, I also look at people in sports, you know, I, I think I got this one from you. If they had a major injury in sport and they came uh, back. and they came back. Like that shows me that you got perseverance. Yes, true. That shows me that you got Most a little bit of patience. You know, what I mean, most people they hang it up. I tore my, you know, uh, my right, uh, my right, my left knee, uh, and I was back in three games. I told the people after I tore my Achilles, I was back in three games. They were like, "That's crazy." They said, "Normally that does not happen." You're out for like six months or whatnot. I tore my meniscus, uh, three games. Boom, I came back, hundred yard game. So if they can withstand an injury and come back, I know they got persistence. I know that if something goes bad in this business, goes south, they're they not just going to be gone. Yeah, they can rehab. They can get it going. Uh, and then, and then the last, and then the they last couple ones, they can compete and they like to win. Like how many people that you've been on a sports team in and they don't want to win? Like I don't want that person on my team at all. Right. <laughs> There's no way. You know right. what I mean? And I want people that hate to lose. Yeah, they hate to lose, and they and they, and they want to win, and they hate to lose. So uh, I think an athlete has all those in, and I want to be able to coach those people that what got do you all look those for? Things. You know, we, we we were captains high school, college. Yeah. What do you look for in a captain in this business? Uh, a captain is person in this business, someone who has influence, some someone who can influence someone else and get more out of them. Uh, somebody that can build a bond, you know, with somebody, uh, but also somebody that's gotten results. You know, if 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 you have not gotten results, it's going to be very hard in this business for you to coach anybody else. Yes, that's why we promote from within. We don't. I, I don't think in my ten years, and I don't think there'll ever be. You know, I'll give this thing another twenty, thirty years. I don't think there'll ever be someone who just comes in and gets that leadership position. Yeah, because that third level in leadership is production. And if you don't have that production, you're not going to be able to coach. You're, you're only going to go so far. So even some of our top people, you know, that maybe they didn't write that much, they wrote enough, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're able to get that influence from their, from their players. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking for that coach to make sure they can produce. Uh, I want that coach also to be disciplined because you can't teach something that you don't have. And if you don't have the discipline, I mean, win. there's going to be so many things that come at you, you know, in life. And if you're going to be making – 200 300 400 500 even a million that's going to be even more devils that 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 are going to happen so if you don't have the discipline then you're going to get it and it's going to be gone 
you know, so so I, I look for them to have 100% discipline, influence, and uh, be somebody that other people want to be like. Uh, if, if, if you're not someone who people are striving to be like and want to, uh, then, then you can't be a coach, you know, in, in, my, in my business. So I need you to be very uh, disciplined. Love it. You heard it first. Biggest biceps in the insurance game, Justin Adams. <laughs> Still working on it. Over here. Keep uh, grinding. Keep working. Thanks for joining us on the Grindcast, brother. Me. See you soon. Let's My get man. it. Appreciate Count you. money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try and told him I'm a beast, bud.